This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Helen Farmer. Fantastic to have you with us on Farmer's Kitchen. On today's episode, your foodie slice of heaven on your Dubai Eye 103.8 Friday afternoon. We are meeting the chef. It was Italian chef Carmine Favola speaking to us from social. He was taught to cook by his nonna Maria. So what is on the menu? We were meeting the team behind Salmon Guru. Do not be fooled by the name. Apparently, they don't serve it. Prepare to be surprised. Some of the hidden salt contents that might surprise you you food writer dan was on hand with some new openings and some hidden gems and of course we had all the latest food news you're listening to farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well now we love your recommendations and honestly have come across some fantastic restaurants dishes and chefs through your messages here on farmer's kitchen it's also our colleagues that we rely on. Now, Malai, who's back in the booth in the studio, came back from a Thai restaurant recently, absolutely raving. So we decided to have a bit of a nosy and find out more and invited the people behind it. We've got joining us today, Thip, originally from Thailand and Faraz, originally from Pakistan. Uh, they are the people behind Asian Street. So lovely to have you with us. Faraz, how are you? I am doing absolutely good. Thank you so much for having uh, us on your show pleasure i love talking food um and i think you're going to be the person perfect person to talk about it but before we get to the menu i want to know a little bit about the origin story tell us how you two came to meet and how how the idea for a restaurant even started all right <laughs> how we met in dubai was uh, during the covid and i think covid has done something uh, a wonder for us because um i was here just you know like stuck in covid could not go back to my country looking for some work to start here and uh, Tip was already in Dubai and she had this whole plan going on. But, you know, she was looking someone to join with her and, you know, like do this uh, thing and make it happen. So we just met uh, by like, you know, fluke or like I would say by our fortunately that it was so fortunate that we met each other. And um, then, yeah, we even during the COVID, we had this um, background from service and hospitality, both come from the same background. So we knew the focus. We knew the uh, the concept, you know. We just uh, went with her, went with that, um, and Tip is with me right now as well. <laughs> oh well, I love a positive to come out of the pandemic. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think I think uh, you getting stuck has definitely be, been our gain. Um, Tip, I wanted yeah. to ask you a little bit about the concept because I'm I'm kind of curious now. There is a there are a lot of you know Asian, especially you know, Thai places here. Why did you feel like there was a bit of a gap, and what are you looking to address them with Asian Street? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Tip will obviously uh, comment more on that because uh, because being an, a non-Thai person, what I've seen is uh, there was a big void, there was a big gap in in the market in UAE that you know people were offering Thai food, but um, because I've been in an airline industry, I've been, I've been traveling around the entire world. I have not heard about like people who make you know the food from the village in Thailand are more authentic and more flavorsome when they make the the food. So Tip had decided actually to bring people from the village and give the Thailand concept in Dubai um, to the people like a street concept where they can sit here and enjoy uh, rather than you know traveling uh, to Thailand. And I think this was pandemic because people could not even go to Thailand that time. So we started this, and you know people really mm-hmm. appreciated the fact that you know we give them the flavors, we give them the authenticity here. So that's how actually the, the, the concept came up. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the menu. Can Tip kind of talk us through sure. it? And yeah, I'll let you talk to Tip. Yeah. behind those dishes made an appearance. Hello. Thank you. Uh, hi, how is Tip on here? 
Hi, Thip. Lovely Hello? to have you with us today. I'm, I'm keen to hear more. I'd love to know a little bit more about the menu that you put together at Asian Street. Farah's just telling there about wanting to go really back to the village and some of the super authentic flavours um, that people were growing up with. Can you tell us about how that translates to the menu, some of the dishes that you've chosen to put there? Sure. The menu that I have decided for the beginning, because uh, actually I have a, a full background of uh, opening up our Thai restaurants in Dubai, like already seven, eight places. So uh, in the in, in the hotel also. So that's why I have seen many type of menu that uh, uh, which one is worse, which one is it's uh, okay for 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 Dubai customer. So what I decided to put in the menu is uh, like well-known items plus. Uh, homemade sauce or everything from the village style. So what I what I have decided also that uh, my chef, who is already um, from the hands from the village side, which she, she already like a consultancy for us. She above sixty. She already now sixty four years old. So uh, she comes time to time to to. Yes, uh, so that's why that is the the menu have created in the uh, a pure authentic which back to back mm-hmm. to winlet side like many years ago that who who have taught her to cook in from her mom's side her grandmother's side something like that so that's why uh, everything is it's purely homemade sauce starting from even papaya salad which is the best seller for us starting from uh, um uh, the curries, also one of the best sellers, Pat Kapow. All this we created in the uh, uh, appeal homemade so that we have our own fixed recipe. And I have to say, really affordable as well. You know, that price point, struggling to find anything on the menu over 55 dirhams. Um, tell us about that affordability and the accessibility. Um, why is it important to you to make this accessible as, you know, as possible to, to as many people as possible? I think because of the freshness of the herbs that we have created mm-hmm. and uh, um, we use everything fresh uh, and, and pure, um, uh, pure I, I would say like in the organic way, I, I would say, because uh, we did not add anything that uh, official, um, we, we do everything uh, from scratch. That I, I feel, and, and of course, the chef come from the village, as Paras has mentioned earlier. So that, that is all about, because, and cook, the chef is, is so have passion to cook with all the dishes they have decided before they serve. Uh, um, most of the time I'm there from the, from the, from day one to make sure that, uh, all the food gone be before they go to the customer that have, have the right to serve. So I think from the freshness of the herb. Absolutely beautiful. I think I think that's Thank exactly you so it. Much. It sounds like you know such such passion there. The menu looks amazing. Um, if Milani's recommendations anything to go by, this is what I'm craving for dinner tonight. Um, you've you got Thai have soups, to. you've got salads, and and you're there in JLT. Thank you so much for your time, both of you. Um, wonderful, Thank as you I said, so to hear much. a positive story yes. about the pandemic. You guys coming together and going back to your roots for for our dining pleasures. Um, for anyone that wants to check you guys out, you, you're, you're there on Instagram um, at Asian Street by thai um all about that and covering the essence of thailand here in dubai so if you weren't authentic that's where you need to go jlt thank you so much thip and faras for joining us this afternoon you're listening to farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well
Well, we are living well. We're, we are living it up in the absolute height of luxury. Poodam, this is a little bit different to the studio. Do you, do you want to give us a little bit of a, a taste of where we are? So we had to come up some um, 25 floors on the lift, walk through gold uh, stairs, um, and then was greeted by butlers, um, taken uh, around on the 25th floor to see the royal suite. The bed was rotating in front of me. <laughs> I was so desperate to jump on it. But the people on the there's a there's a velvet rope punam. You're not allowed to jump Ex- on the rotating bed. Exactly. And I have a feeling there's cameras everywhere too. <laughs> I think you're probably absolutely bang on. We are not in the studio this afternoon. We are here at Inside Virgil Arab. It is this one of a kind immersive experience that allow. I mean, even if you've lived in Dubai, you know, years and years and years. Very few people have had the chance to actually explore this incredible, incredible suite. So, I mean, the names that have slept in that rotating bed, Poonam, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say. Add me to the list tonight. <laughs> yeah, don't you dare. Don't you get me in trouble. But it is an amazing chance to see this suite. Um, but not only that, to see a bit of a celebration of the Burj Al Arab and everything that, you know, has, has happened here over the years. You know, it was the vision um, of the UAE and has become an absolute icon on the, on the skyline. Um, so you'll get the chance to yes see the suites but also almost like a museum piece downstairs which I think is really fascinating so you've done the tour and she said go and quickly do go a and tour have a look. yeah and I was actually really impressed because the first drawings ever from the British art- architect of the Burj Al Arab was there in a little it was a drawing and I, I took a picture of it it's a, it is an incredible thing so you you can see the origin of the design aesthetics but you can also see some of the major moments that have happened here you know tennis on the helipad some world record breaking moments as well so it all starts you get this inclusive kind of exclusive check-in you get on a very special buggy and i'm, I'm not gonna lie it's all about those instagram moments so t- you know how many i've done already i've seen your instagram <laughs> it's 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 a it's a target rich environment here for I, some great I, photo I, opportunities i'm making the butlers famous here on my instagram Instagram. <laughs> the stairs are leopard print. I believe Justin Bieber has danced on those stairs. Really? And also Poonam Verma. <laughs> uh, but it's um it's a brilliant thing, as I said, if you've lived here well, but also for uh, if you've ever got any guests in town, because you'll go to the experience suite and then there's also kind of these these um experiences there. You know, there's like this digital dining experience. But you get a bit of a, a virtual taste of some of the restaurants. Away. I love that. I could play with that all day. And a really nice shop. I mean, what what is it? What is a museum without a good gift shop? So gorgeous, gorgeous things. There is a robe in the, the wardrobe next mm. to me, Poonam, which mm-hmm. if it wasn't behind purse bags, mm-hmm. I would be tempted to put in my handbag. It's a lot of money, Helen. It's 1,900 dirhams. But I, I mean, you know, you can't be in the royal suite yeah. and not be royally attired. <laughs> and can I just say, like, the, we're in the royal suite and we're looking through the dressing room. The dressing room is bigger than a double-sized bedroom in oh, most apartments. No joke. My, my, the studio apartment I lived in before I met my husband was about this size. Wow. I'm feeling... Um, wow. <sighs> do we have to go back to the studio on Monday? Well, if we lock <laughs> oh, the and door... And, and, if, we, and if we do, can I take a butler with me? <laughs> At all times. As long as I get the rotating bed. <laughs> You've got a deal. Now, you can find out more at Inside Burj Al Arab. That's on Instagram. You can book on InsideBurjAlArab.com. It's open every day from 10.30 to 7.30. Um, and as I said, some Instagram moments, plus a whole lot of insider info. You'll love the facts. You'll love the staff. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be here so far. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
we love introducing you to the chefs and giving you some ideas of where to go. And speaking now to the man behind some food at one of the hottest restaurants in town, Ling Ling Dubai by Hakkasan is now open at the Atlantis Royal. And we've got the chef cuisine, Stephen Nugan, joining us live to talk a little bit about what's been happening behind the scenes. His experience spans Canada to Hong Kong and has been spearheading the opening of this incredible hot new life life venue chef how are you good helen how are you i'm hungry to be honest you're hungry and i don't think you're going to help me in, in this at all so thank i'm, you I'm for hungry making as well to, oh, do you know been, what I've been, I've been trying to fast and i've been trying to be good good uh, for you so, good for yeah. you well it's wonderful to have you here in dubai and what a name i mean my goodness we're incredibly lucky to have you but i'm sure you must be hugely excited to be involved in ling ling before we start talking food and making tummies rumble i want to know a little bit about you is it true that you were in the corporate world before becoming a chef tell us about that well yeah i mean i've uh, i started out in marketing and advertising and um you know i was more preoccupied with reading food blocks than i was doing my job so <laughs> i decided to make a bit of a switch so at around um, you know, about 26 years old, I you know, decided to go back to school and uh, went to college school. The rest is history, really. Um, you make it sound Donald. easy. When when I speak to lots it's, of chefs on the show, a lot of them <laughs> a lot of them start in the kitchen really young. You know, out of the UK, you know, working at the weekends, 13, 14, 15 years old, and working their way up through the ranks. What was it like coming in at a slightly older age, where people might have already had 10 years' experience on you, but you must have felt like you were bringing a lot to the table too. Well, you know, to be honest, my first ever job was I was I was working in a, in a food place uh, in an amusement park. So, you know, I, I did start very young when I was nineteen, flipping mm. uh, burgers and, and, and dunking fries. So, I think I got the, the itch very early on, really. Um, but I didn't really take it seriously until later age, and I think that that maturity kind of gave me a lot more focus into, mm. into really delving deep into it, really. Um, I must, first of all, say thank you for you making time for us this Friday afternoon. I know it's very, very hectic in the world of hospitality come the weekend, and I know you're very, very busy at Lingling, but have you managed to stop and take a breath since the hotel opened? Tell us a little bit about that pre-opening period. Wow, that was that was an intense period, that's for sure. Um, it was an immense amount of pressure um, because this event, the Grand Review, was going to be the biggest event in all of Dubai. We're talking mm-hmm. about Beyonce, right? So many celebrities opening up, uh, coming to the, to the, to the venue. Um, and we wanted to make sure that everything was perfect, really. And uh, I have to kind of give it up to my team and, and all the other people that were supportive, uh, the hotel themselves. They, they really came together. And I think we, we, we really put on a show. Uh, so now, yeah, definitely, we're, we're able to take a breath now and, and uh, just, and, and <laughs> just, just, and then kind of getting in, getting into the group, and, and we're really happy with the response um, so far uh, with people coming to the doors. Really. Now let's talk food. Tell us a little bit about some of the dishes there, because we've got some, you know, obviously Asian flavors. You've got the big name of Hakkasan. How are you putting your own stamp on the menu, and, and what what dishes are you most proud of, Chef? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're 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 very much like a an izakaya, right? A little bit more casual than Hakkasan mm-hmm. is. We're we're taking more of a Pan Asian um, uh, direction, and so you know we're, we're running the gamut between Japanese with sushi, uh, Cantonese with dim sum. Um, we've got a lot of Vietnamese 
uh, Korean and uh, Malaysian dishes. Uh, for example, I think one of the signature dishes that I've been doing is the uh, uh, chaka piba skewer. So chaka is a traditional dish that you would probably find in Hanoi, Vietnam, which is where my father's from. And that's something that is a dish that, you know, is, is close to my heart. And we've kind of taken that and uh, did a spin of a classic Tao dish um, in New York where they have a miso uh, marinated piba skewer. So oh, that that's kind of like amazing. a yeah. So it's it's, a, it's one of our top sellers for sure, and a dish that I'm definitely proud of. Um, we also do a spin on a kind of a Singaporean chili crab. Mm, yeah. Now you know chili crab is usually pretty messy to eat, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we decided to actually take all the wonderful flavors of chili crab and encompass it into a spring roll. So it's a oh, nice I love little tasty bite. Yeah, really cool. So you're getting all the flavor, you're packing that flavor punch, but just in a brilliant bite. Um, Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about the venue, the location, because, I mean, I don't want to make your your contemporaries jealous there at Atlantis Royal, but I think you've got one of the best ones. (laughs) Tell us about what you can expect when you walk into Ling Ling. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, gobsmacked every day I go up there. You know, (laughs) the the view is incredible. You know, we have uh, an amazing view of also Cloud 22, which is the um, rooftop pool uh, that's part of the Atlantis Royale. And you get the most amazing view of the palm that you'll have. It's, it's, it's worth every time uh, you go up there. So it's, you uh, have to uh, come uh, see it. You have to are there, is, is there a lot of posing? Is there a lot of Instagram moments? Um, and you're like, come back and eat my food. Or do you feel like we might people yeah, managed yeah, to strike the yeah. balance between you're, the posing food, and the eating? If it's getting cold, you should come to the table and eat your food. <laughs> um, we get a lot of that for sure. But yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's what it's all about, right? Can I ask you a little bit about that celebrity factor? Because we know the names that were there for the opening. Um, what's it like cooking for, for A-listers? And have there been any weird requests over the years, Chef? Uh, you know, I, I like to treat everybody the same. You know, we, we try to cook everything at a, at a super high level and we give everybody the, the same amount of hospitality. You know, we're very lucky to have people that came through the doors like, uh, I think Fat Joe actually played at our uh, at our opening, which is very cool. And uh, Bar Raffaele was there as well, and Pompeo. Um, uh, yeah, you'll get, you'll get a few strange requests, um, but we, we try and say yes. We try and say yes to what we can, what we can do. Chef, um, I just want to finally ask you if we're going to come to Ling Ling this weekend and yes, taking the views, but I think taking the food and your menu, of course, is there one dish that you feel like is you on a plate? If we eat it, we will really get an insight to your passion food, your travels, your experience and something that you're really proud to put your name on. Yeah, for sure. I would uh, I'd definitely take a, the tomahawk song. So we've, we've taken some incredible incredible Australian uh, MB9 tomahawk and kind of did a spin, a bit more of a Korean spin on it where you can have a, a bit of lettuce and you take the lettuce and put this incredible meat on there and dip it in what we call a samjang, which is kind of a fermented beef paste. So it's a kind of a really fun way and it kind of encompasses the whole idea of social dining with us, right? Mm-hmm. So you're there to eat with your friends, have a few drinks, and share some food. So I think that's really encompasses the, the whole experience, really. I love that. Eating food, making memories, taking photos. Yeah. Um, and thank you for your time, as I said. You are in one of the hottest spots in the city right now, and one of the hottest chefs. So I really do appreciate it. And yeah, 
it sounds like an absolute must-do. Um, thank you so, so much, Chef Stephen, speaking to us from Ling Ling by Hakkasan. It's open now at the Atlantis Royal on the Palm. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I tell you what, prepare to feel very hungry indeed. In conversation now with Chef Kamin Farvola, the chef de cuisine at Social at the Waldorf Astoria Dubai Palm Jumeirah. He has worked in Michelin-starred restaurants across the globe, including his native Italy and London, plus stints in Sydney, China and the Seychelles. And we're lucky enough to have him here in Dubai now. Chef, how are you? All good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for making time to talk to us today. Really appreciate it. Um, I do want to, of course, find out about the menu on uh, there at Social, but I want to know about you first, Chef. Where did you grow up? So I am Carmine Faravolo. As you say, I'm the chef of Social World of Storia Palm. And uh, I come from Napoli, the small village close to the Volcano Territory. And I grown almost 20 years old thanks to my grandmother. So <gasps> The nonna? Tell us about Nonna Maria. Yes, exactly. It's Nonna Maria, which has become very famous in Dubai because almost three weeks ago, uh, she was here with me. We do foreign <gasps> dinner in social with her. Oh, and my was, goodness. So, That's amazing. What did she think? She, she thinks she wants to move in Dubai. She said, <laughs> I want to move in Dubai. <laughs> but, but, no, but what an amazing thing for you to have learnt your passion for food from your grandmother and then to bring her to Dubai, you know, thousands yeah. of kilometers away to see you in the kitchen where you, you know, you are at the helm of social, an incredible yeah. restaurant. Was that quite emotional to have those worlds colliding? Yeah, it was so uh, emotional for me because it was my first time to, she always followed me and uh, was first time to have here in social and uh, she, the approach was very genuine, gentle. Uh, we broke the ice with our guests. She was there. She was make some pasta and then I cook. So it was very nice, which is everyone loved it. She was the star of the night. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> she was the, the boss of the kitchen. Oh, no, no, that's amazing. So tell us then, let's go back in time. What were you learning with her and what food tastes like home for you, chef? Yeah, so what I reproduce in social here since November, it's very comfortable food, mm-hmm. but in a modern way to plate. Here I call it modern Italian cuisine. Thanks to her, when I was in children on age, I started to learn really the base like tomato sauce, beef polpetta, lasagna, parmigiana, which is now the parmigiana has become one of my signature dish thanks to her. And uh, of course, uh, I played it a new way with my background. My background is almost uh, around the world with big name on the back. Is my mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, social is nowadays is, is that one. is modern Italian cuisine, which is you can find almost 70% of the plate from my country and uh, 30% uh, around the world with technique. And, and that's it. So it's nothing crazy, but something which is guests must to enjoy mm-hmm. and uh, they can understand what is the tradition into the innovation. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about the stories that you're telling through your food because Italian cuisine is beloved the world over. I think if you were to survey a lot of people, Italian would come up in the you know top three favourite cuisines. It's so likeable, it's so universal. 
Why do you think the world has fallen in love with the food of your, of your home country? So, we don't forget that Italy was one of the, who created the, the farm, who created the vegetable farm. We start to grow. Of course, it's years, years back, we found that product overseas, and then we bring here in our nation. So, Italy is one of the most farmer uh, now uh, in, in, the, in the past. Mm-hmm. So, but Italian cuisine is light, yummy, at the same time, it's also a little bit fatty, to be honest. Uh, but depends the way the chef and each kitchen manage the ingredient. This one is very important. Uh, simple ingredient is can reach the plate with uh, just a little bit of skills and art of the chef. Italian cuisine is very famous around the world. Uh, of course, they start guards always with pasta and pizza. As yes. you know, everyone say pasta and pizza, but Italian cuisine is not just pasta and pizza. We have a beautiful uh, traditional plates from north to south, which is, is not... Uh, this one is one of my, my goals to let understand my client, my guest, mm-hmm. which is Italian cuisine is not just pasta and pizza. So what are some of the lesser-known dishes, ingredients, flavour profiles that you think more people should try, Chef? Yeah, for sure they are to try, because the ingredient profile, what I use here, the ingredient profile, first of all, I must push for sustainability mm-hmm. because this one is one of the important things where I, uh, I really push for that waste and uh, I try always to reuse the ingredient and uh, they should try so many things because Italian cuisines can be easy but sometimes have so many uh, ingredient and so many how do you say so many secrets which is just who grown with that DNA can understand you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinneys eat well live well we love introducing you to the chefs and the tastemakers. We're talking food news after four and giving you a bit of a reason to head out to the palm today. We're in conversation with the chef de cuisine who's taken over social. Oh, chef Camille Favola is with us as we talk Italian food. He learned from his nonna. She's been in the kitchens recently and now sharing some of those amazing flavours. Can you share some of the regional differences in Italian cuisine, chef, and how you incorporate them into the menu? Hi. Yeah. Now in social you can find uh, many options from uh, Italian region, and uh, of course you will find part of my city, which is Napoli. You will have the Parmigiana, or you will have our linguine nerano, which is, is come from Amalfi. It's one of my favorite dish. And then also you can find some homemade pasta and some uh, dry aged pasta. Uh, of course we offer many options. We offer testing menu, we offer chef table. We have one of the best chef table. It will be five to seven courses blind, which is I have to know just the allergy and preferences of the guests, which is there I can uh, show my skills regarding my background. And uh, of course, we have the burrata. And uh, one of the plates, I love it, and we created by seasonal because I follow the season. That case is spring season, which is the greens, uh, fava beans, bees, and uh, it will be my cannelloni maretterra, which is cannelloni with the ricotta and buffalo mozzarella with a set of red browns and uh, mustard. This one is one of the best sellers now in social. And plus I, my, plus, I have my plus I have my 
cake called is my drop me down, which is, is my tiramisu. As you know, tiramisu in Italian is means pull me up. Mm-hmm. And now you can find in social the drop me down. <laughs> it'll and chill. It'll chill you out. It's interesting because we're asking people to get in touch this afternoon and share the dish that they think that they make better than a restaurant. And actually, John's been in touch saying it's his tiramisu. He, st- he started learning how to make desserts, and it's now turned into an Instagram page, and people are ordering from it. So tiramisu house two point zero. So John. I think you might have some competition here, chef. So thank you for bringing desserts into the mix. Um, I wanted to thank ask you. you a little bit about the ingredients. You know, how do you incorporate some sustainable and locally sourced ingredients while still maintaining yeah. the authenticity? Yeah. So I think Dubai have a big resource of uh, local uh, farmer, and uh, I went out with my team, with my HOD, uh, to visit this farm. Most of them, they are uh, uh, like vegetable farm. Another mm. farm, which is I really love, it, is honey, yes. uh, which is I, which is I just uh, put on my menu. Another dessert, which is they calling honey, is made with the, with the honey produced here. Uh, par- my parmigiana is completely uh, sustainable and greens because I buy everything local. Uh, and this one is more important because the, the world is change a lot. We have to keep update. And we have to we need to give the best to this world yeah, because this is the future for our family for our kids and this one is the approach with my kitchen uh, of course some of the protein i will bring overseas but i try with all my best and all my support from uh, my company to research most of the things locally that's this fantastic. One is important for us. It has changed a lot in the last certainly five years about the availability here. You know, we've seen amazing you know, tomatoes being grown, huge blueberries. You know, it's it is a it is, and I think I'm um, thank you for saying that. I think there is a bit of re- real responsibility of chefs here to be showcasing some of these ingredients so diners know that things are available here. Um, chef, I wanted to ask you, and I know you're in the kitchen there at social most nights, but when you're at yeah. home. What do you have for your dinner? Are you cooking Italian food? What does a chef eat in the evening? <laughs> so I will be honest with you. When I at home, uh, I'm not cooking usually. I like to go outside to enjoy also my private life. But mm-hmm. when I cook at home, I would like to remember the flavor and of my family, of my grandmother. So I will cook my polpette. I will cook my cannelloni, I will put my lasagna. Sometimes I invite people because for me, uh, food is not just uh, feeding their own self, but sharing. This one is very important for me. Sharing, sharing emotion with other people, explain, because uh, food has so many uh, ways to be a showcase. But when I at home, I like to share my, my, my roots to other people, you know? Oh. You sound like the perfect host. I thought you were going to say something like eggs on toast, but no, you're still cooking and still sharing and unlocking memories. Um, last question, Chef. What are some of the common mistakes that you see people making when cooking Italian food at home? Can you give us maybe one top tip for getting great flavours or a technique that you think we could all, have, we could all try this weekend? Yeah, one of the big mistakes I found with, uh, of course, no Italian Yenye, but with other person is uh, they always follow the timing on the back, the pasta box when they have to cook. And I always tell to them, you should cook two, three minutes less and then put on the sauce. And like that, you will have this creamy, which is most of the guests, they say, no, you put butter and cream. I just say, no, this one is one of the secrets of the Italian cuisine. You don't have to follow always the minutes on the back of the box of pasta. 
I love it. Chef Kameen, thank you so, so much. He is a chef de cuisine at Social, Ward of Astoria, Dubai, Palm Jumeirah. Real taste of authentic Italian cuisine. Yes, Nonna Maria still having an impact all these years later. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're going behind the headlines now because three out of four loaves of sliced bread sold in UK supermarkets contain as much salt in one slice as a bag of ready salted crisps. That's according to new research. Now, the World Health Organization estimates that around, wait for it, 99% of adults worldwide consume more salt than the recommended daily allowance. Now, this excess salt leads to around 2 million deaths per year globally, it believes. So we're bringing in the experts. Sheena Bhagavati is joining us, Assistant Nutritionist at Action on Salt. This is a food and research campaign group behind this work out of the UK. Sheena joins us now. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. I'm, I'm, I want to be really clear. This isn't about scaremongering. It's really about helping people make some informed choices about where salt could be hiding in their food. So tell us a little bit about why the Action on Salt initiative started. What's the, what's the origin story? Sure. So Action on Salt started in 1990s and it was a way of as you said, uh, making people aware of how much salt we're eating, but also companies to reformulate their foods. Mm. So what I mean by reformulate is when companies tweak the recipe so there's less salt um, in the recipe. So we can continue to buy our usual foods and it has less salt in it as well. So it's healthier for us. So it's going all the way back to you know government policies and, and looking at you know what can change on a you know on a on a, on a big scale in, in the in the UK. Obviously, we're here in the UAE, but we this isn't this is a global issue. And as I said earlier, the headlines right now is research done by you revealing that some popular sliced bread in UK supermarkets is saltier per serve than two small portions of French fries, ready salted crisps. There, I wanted to ask you why focus on bread, and were you surprised by those findings, Sheena? Yes, so in the UK, but also worldwide, bread is a major source of salt. And we just eat so much of it. So very quickly, the salt content adds up. So for example, for breakfast, we'll have it with salty spreads or with soup as a side or even as a sandwich with salty fillings. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to reduce the salt in bread. And it's a key target in reducing population blood pressure. Let's talk about that health factor. Can you share some of the dangers of too much salt in our diet and how it affects our health? Sure. So salt is a major factor that increases our blood pressure. And it's also known as the silent killer because it doesn't show any symptoms. But it's also the world's biggest killer. It causes 60% of strokes, but also heart disease as well. Wow. Gosh. Okay. So how do we know then if there's too much salt in our diet? For people listening to going... Okay, this is this is that's alarming data. But how, as individuals, would we know that we're perhaps taking on too much salt? Are there any signs or symptoms, red flags, health-wise? So we all need to do our bit to reduce our salt. But the easiest way is for the food industry to reduce the salt, even by the slightest reduction in our bread. But what we can do is opt for medium sliced bread because the thicker the slice, the more salt it contains. Okay. But also check for front of pack labelling to ensure the loaf has more greens and also choose lower salt options as well for so fillings of sandwiches. Can you give us a little bit of health info? You know, you mentioned there strokes and, you know, 
you know, high, high blood pressure. Is it a case of having screenings with doctors or are there any signs and symptoms that we could look out for ourselves? So it's important that we regularly check our blood pressure. I think um, a lot of people assume that blood pressure is only for the older population, mm -hmm. but it's definitely that because we're having too much salt, we need to regularly check our blood pressure. So um, that's really important. Are there any demographics that need to be particularly careful about their salt intake, Sheena? Any you know, groups in terms of you know, males, females, certain ages, suffering from certain problems? Sure. So overall, it's probably everyone um, because it's added so it's added so much into bread mm. and it's also mostly hidden in everyday foods that we buy. So we yeah. all need to be aware of salt and also, um, yes, we all need to be aware of it. Um, I think that's a I want to know more about hidden salts in foods. Apart from bread, are there any other culprits that you've identified at, um, at Action on Salt? Definitely. So some foods don't actually taste salty, but they do have hidden salt. So our previous survey we did was on vegan or plant-based meals, mm. and these tend to have a health halo on them. So what that means is that it's automatically assumed to be healthy, but it actually is masking the high levels of salt and saturated fat. So can um, I ask then about alternatives? You know, it's, it's all very well to say, you know, here, here are the foods that we need to look out for. But if we're looking at salt in particular as a way of adding flavor to food, and I, you know, I love salt on my food. I really, you know, I really do. But and whether you've had taste buds deadened by years of smoking or you've just, you know, built up a kind of a tolerance and, and a like for it, what are some of your go-tos as nutritionists for adding flavor without using salt? So my go-to is to add more flavor. So add more herbs and spices and citrus to your food. So my go-to combination is oregano, garlic, mm. and chili flakes, which is the best one for me. Um, like but otherwise, try and um, buy um, low-salt options. So, for example, tinned fish in spring water or canned vegetables and beans in water as well rather than brine okay um and i wanted to ask you and there's a message that's come in the text line saying are some types of salt more unhealthy than others you know we see you know pink himalayan salt there's obviously table salt more chemical derived um are there any that are particularly bad news and some that may have some health properties um well i'm sorry to burst the bubble no. but salt salt. <laughs> so Sometimes. all himalayan salt or other types of rock salt can be more expensive, but they're actually not as healthier than just regular table salt. It's only because Himalayan salt and rock salt, they're bigger in size. So they actually have a smaller surface area on your tongue. And so you would actually naturally add more for it to appear saltier. So you're actually consuming more salt. Um, for anyone that wants to find out more about your research and indeed what you're working on, are, are there any recommended websites or sources for anyone wants to find out a little bit more, Sheena? Of course, we have our website that we have lots of resources, um, which is www.actiononsalt.org.uk. And for anyone, as I said, going shopping over the weekend, can you remind us again of some of the things we should be looking for on our food labels? Sure. So in terms of food labels, it's easy to look at front of pack color coded labeling. So it's just a simple way that you can look at a glance and see if it's low medium or high for salt. So try and look for those green labels, which will help you. 
Thank you so, so much. Really do appreciate those insights. A bit of a wake-up call. Hidden hidden salt all over. And my goodness, I think I'd rather have a packet of crisps than a, than a slice of bread when it comes to that salt intake. Action on salt. We've got assist nutritionist Sheena there joining us. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Joining us live on the line with the latest food news, where to go and where is worth your hard-earned dirhams. We've got food writer Dan with us. Lovely to have you on the line. Dan, how's your afternoon going? Hello again. I'm very jealous of uh, your location today, by the way. should be. See, I know. I know. You you got to come in the studio. Now we're going seven-star style this Friday afternoon. I wish you were here. Would have been lovely to have well, a well, this is on the 25th I'll, floor. I'll, I wasn't quite important enough for for, for an invite to the actual. Uh, we keep the likes yeah. of you out, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, we're asking everyone this afternoon, and because you're a friend of the show, you can't win. Uh, but there's a great air fryer up for grabs, um, and I'm curious to know from you, which is the question we're asking everyone this afternoon. What is the one dish you cook that you really back that you think? Do you know what this is? This is better than a restaurant could do. Is there one thing that comes to mind that you're really proud of? So it's it's partly my wife's recipe, but. We just make really, really good, simple pasta dishes at home. So there's just no messing around, just oil, garlic uh, sliced really thinly, fresh chili. Um, we make this really nice kind of crumb to go on top with um, like pistachios and different nuts and a little bit of honey. Sprinkle that on top with a bit of Parmesan cheese and... Yeah. Oh, all right. Be. Okay. If you could, if you could do some extras for leftovers and bring it next time to the studio, uh, I, w- I will be the judge of that. You were out <coughs> last night actually with friend of the show Courtney. You were at um, Honeycomb Hi-Fi. Tell us a little about this because, to my mind, it's a bar, but it seems having looked at, at the Instagram stories, the food looks amazing. Where is it, and what's it all about? Well, this is it. So when I first thought it was a bar, and I'm trying to kind of. Uh, do more food related stuff and so I've been kind of putting off going for a while Um, it looks cool it's my kind of vibe Um, I'm into kind of my vinyl collection and stuff like that but Barney was going so I thought you know what let's join Um, and it's brilliant the food there it's one of those places where it's the food just is exceptional um everything is really freshly made it's a, a proper kind of japanese uh izakaya sort of concept the music's really cool um the stuff are lovely it's just a really really good vibe and it doesn't matter kind of like what you want to get out of a night out you can pretty much get all you want there well it's, look at, look at the menu you know prices starting from 25 dirhams um for, yeah. for grills and then you know going up to your, you know your, your bigger your bigger plates what was the best thing you ate last night Oof. So they had these, um, they were um, like chicken meatballs with cheese inside a shisha pepper. I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but inside one of them green Japanese peppers. And they were just like a little bit of finger food. But, oh my word, they were amazing. Absolutely Ooh. delicious. Now, here's really a question. good like finger food. That's what, that's what I like. Some nibbles. Yeah. Drink, drink That's some nibbles. That's what we nibbles. like as well. So, so there were four of us and we must have had about 12 dishes to share between ourselves. And it was just kind of a couple of bites per dish, but it was just perfect. Sometimes it's nice to go out and, I mean, my husband's got a real thing against sharing concept and his pet peeve is when, you know, a wait staff will come over and say, are you familiar with a sharing concept? And Nick's like, are you familiar with being prepared in the kitchen and getting people's dishes to them when they want them? Um, and I'm like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. Stop it. But sometimes... I do feel like it's used sometimes as an excuse for totally. not 
been organised in this kitchen. Totally. <laughs> like we just but, bring food back when it's ready, and then you yeah. get your main, and then you get and your starter. Like, yeah, like, exactly. What? Like my mates had a main. I haven't even had my starter yet. This is nonsense. <laughs> but but sometimes, and I think these smaller plates absolutely lend itself. And I just, I'm just, I get massive food envy. So it's just a nice way of some, you know, sampling lots of things. So Honeycomb Hi-Fi. Yeah. It's in downtown. Which hotel is it in? It's in the Pullman. The Pullman, Dubai. All right, good stuff. Yes, it's um, also where the um, there's that uh, French place that's really popular in uh, GLTs just opened up the there as well. The new Cookley Brasserie. I yeah, know, that's, that's on my list. Please don't ask me where I've been recently because the answer is absolutely nowhere. Um, <laughs> it's, honestly, it's embarrassing because I got back from um, a trip and then I wasn't very well and we had an empty house for the first time in a month. And I was just delighted to be sitting on my sofa eating cheese and crackers. So I haven't eaten out anywhere, so I'm, I am genuinely hungry for all of your advice this afternoon. Um, you've also got Coterie on your list. Tell us about this, because this is one of your new favourites. So honestly, so, so you had him on the show um, maybe two or three weeks ago. I feel like it was when you were away. I think it was. Um, but it's called the Yorkshire, I think it's the Yorkshire Pudding underscore on Instagram. And he basically just goes around Dubai reviewing every single roast he can get his hands on. Um, and I think he's up to about 80, 86 roasts in Dubai, which I didn't even know existed that many roasts Oh, the man, the man um, did a mission. He's, he's, he's going to try and hit 100, I think. So he marks places on the food, obviously, but also the drinks and the location. And he, yeah. ra- he you know, fully ranks the you know, top 10 roast dinners. Has this made yeah, yeah. the top 10? Yeah. Oh well, this this was a new place that had opened, and he was raving about it. So I thought I'd give it a try, and went out for an Easter dinner with with my family, and we were all just absolutely blown away. It was it was really really world class quality in terms of the food and the service as well, because it can be very hit or miss, especially in sort of more like pubby type, like gastro pubby type places. Um, but this place, it was like at one point. Um, Somebody moved from their seat and went to sit next to me and the staff instantly came over and grabbed their drink and put it in front of them and they could see that um, my wife had something stuck in her teeth and she was trying to get it out and they just came over and brought a, brought a toothpick straight to her and it just a little attention to detail like that. But the best bit of it all, unfortunately, it was just reserved specially for um, the Easter one, but they had um, chocolate fondants with Cadbury's cream eggs inside the <gasps> middle of them. Filthy, oh brilliant. my lord! It was uh, good. Oh, roast, I, I good can't roasties. even describe. Great roasters, because right. this is it. Like they really struggle over here with with roast potatoes because they're all kind of pre-made and they just mm. probably heat them up in the microwave. But these are properly crispy, roasty, gnarly. Yeah, it was just through every single element. And one Nailed thing it. that they did as well that no one else does is they actually bring you a jug of extra gravy without oh. you even asking. It oh. just comes on the side, a big jug of it. And like, I don't know if you, you like me and my wife, but we absolutely love our gravy. And we just douse everything in it. So, Dan, yeah, I'm it Northern. Good. It's gravy running through yeah. my veins, my friend. Um, message here saying, this sounds amazing. Where is it? Where is Coterie Dubai, one of your new favourites? in the most bizarre place that you could expect. So it's actually on the top of Ibn Battuta. So where the car park used to be, um, above, yeah, exactly, above China Court. Yes. It's now uh, a football facility. I think it's called Precision Sports or something like that. And it's, there's like football, tennis and everything like that. And just above there, they've got the cafe and then there's the bar next to it. So if you go in there with your family, kids are allowed in the in the cafe a bit and it's it's really nice because you're kind of like segregated from 
the stuff that goes on in the oh, bar. Right. Um, Dan, and then, yeah, food the writer Dan, bringing us, bringing us the hidden gems. It's on top of a car oh, park in Matuta Mall. Great roast dinner. Go through Dubai. We've got food writer Dan with us this afternoon. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Food writer Dan with us to tell us where to go, what to eat. Dan, be honest, how many nights out a week are you uh, are you having right now? How much time is it sofa versus versus restaurant? Higher percentage at the moment. So That's this it. week, I was out last night, I'm out tonight, I'm out tomorrow, I'm out Monday. Oh my gosh. It's not usually this bad, but because I've been away... I've been kind of like promising that I'm going to go to certain places and then it's just all wrapped up and I've just, um, so I've just torn my knee ligaments and I've got to go for an operation soon. So I'm just trying to get everything done oh, before you. before I can't exercise anymore. So yeah. tell us about tonight. You're off to Getting Hawker old. You're off to, no, you're not. You're going to Hawker Boy. For anyone who's not familiar with this, this was a bit of a closely guarded secret for, for quite some time. Tell us everything we know about it so far. I don't, I, I, you know, I've deliberately tried to not spoil it all for me. So this elusive character called Hawker Boy has been doing sort of pop-ups and collaborations around town for, wow, maybe, like, I'd say over a year, and it might be way longer than that. And I keep seeing him, like, popping up. I think he did something with Lowe, um, or Lowe, if you, I can't remember how he pronounced it. I think it might be Lowe it's pronounced. But um, he did something there, and it looked amazing. And then, yeah, just because, obviously... Instagram targeting is very strong. I got a targeted ad about their new supper club, and I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna gonna give it a go. So yeah, bought some tickets a couple of days ago, and I'm gonna take my lovely wife for dinner tomorrow night. It is a bit of a supper club sensation. I mean, just in terms, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a social media thing, but backed up by food. Oh my goodness, people that I've know that have had his food, and again, it's a bit of a mystery man. Absolutely raving about it. So that's tonight at the crossing. No, that. So, so yeah, that? tonight's the crossing, yeah. So tonight's the crossing, and then and yeah, then Hawker Boy is, uh, I think, in JLT tonight. So that'll be yeah, yeah, epic. Um, are you a coffee drinker, Dan? Do you drink a lot of coffee? I do. Yeah, I'm a bit of a coffee snob, actually. Are you? Well, I am. I'm like your architect. I'm like your archetypal hipster. Like I've got a vinyl collection, and I grind my own coffee beans. Yeah. Who are you? Um, well, Starbucks have just launched a range of drinks with olive oil in them. So I wanted to get your take on that as a non-coffee drinker. I couldn't carry the way, to be honest, but some people are absolutely outraged. What's your take? So, I mean, as, as somebody who has recently got a PT, I think who we've discussed before because you had Nikki on the show, um, any kind of unnecessary extra calories to anything for me at the moment is a big sort of trying to avoid sort of scenario. But having said that, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a coffee coffee shop in uh, on the palm that does this bulletproof bulletproof coffee and this was a bit of a a fad thing about two or three years ago where they put it's either butter i think it's clarified butter yeah that they add to the coffee yeah it's supposed to be a way of like boosting your metabolism a a lot of kind of uh gym bros were having it in the morning before a workout i think it was a very fast way of getting your bowels moving perhaps rather than your metabolism (laughs) so i would just say buyer beware but if anyone tries it over the weekend i'm curious to get your take dan we've run out of time (laughs) we haven't run out of recommendations so i do urge everyone to head over it's food writer dan on instagram to get your take on what's happening around the city i'll, I'll be glued to your stories i'm very curious about hawker boy enjoy the crossing tonight and have a thank lovely weekend so sir always thank an you absolute Speak pleasure you food writer dan this is farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well
introducing you to some fantastic new places to go, explore and of course eat on Farmer's Kitchen. And we've spoken about this on the show before, the number of business licences that are granted when it comes to the F&B space. And that first year is notoriously, notoriously difficult, especially when it comes to restaurants. But Sam and Guru have survived and thrived in celebrating their first birthday next month. Um, and with us now is one of the managing partners, Farah George, to explain a little bit more about, yes, the name, but also the menu. How are you, Farah? Hey, Helen. Thank you. Happy to be on this show. Thank you for making time. I know Fridays are busy, um, especially in the hospitality business. I need to start with the name. Salmon Guru. I've, I don't even know where to start. Where did this name come from? Well, the name is, is a story. And um, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert, we don't serve salmon. So you, you would not see salmon what? at Salmon Guru. But <laughs> oh, we'll come, we're going to come back to that. Okay, go on. Tell, tell me about the name. So it's a combination. Obviously, salmon is is in um, uh, in uh, old Nordic mythology was admired for the, uh, the power and wisdom, and it's the only fish that swims against the stream and embodies self in, uh, in improvement as well as resilience. And those are the three qualities that uh, you know our our concept embodies at Salmon Guru. The Guru, obviously, which is you know we consider the Guru that someone. Uh, uh, wise that requires knowledge over time through practice so our statement in Samuguru is we forge our own path applying our knowledge and and professionalism with with a single aim of uh, evolving within our own world which is the mixology and never cease to surprise our our guests at all times so that's the story of the name and it doesn't have any salmon in store (laughs) let's talk a little bit about the man behind this because he's a bit of a character um legend bar legend diego cabrera tell us a little bit about his origin story diego is uh, obviously originally from argentina and moved 20 years ago to to spain uh he's always passionate uh, about about the mixology art and he's uh, forged his way uh, among most of the competitive uh, cities in the world in Madrid in terms of the FMB and uh, you know in the last few years have won a number of awards globally uh, for, for the work that he's done uh, very passionate uh, I call him the crazy one because he's crazy and he likes he likes to be crazy everything we do and he does in Samu Guru uh, in Madrid and the way that his influence the business he is also in a crazy perspective in a good way of course um, he's very passionate. Creative, crazy, that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's always uh, uh, on the phone with us. Uh, you know, we have a strong relationship. Obviously, he comes uh, to visit us regularly as well. Uh, very passionate. The, you know, the, the simple word that simplifies his passion to work is really the, the dedication to creating new stuff every uh, time he's here and every time he's around. So when he travels, obviously, and visits, uh, finding time for us, obviously, is, is an advantage as well, but uh, uh, we enjoy so much uh, this relationship uh, that it's almost been a year now with, with our first anniversary coming uh, next month. Well, happy birthday. It sounds like the, the attention to detail is a real priority for him as well. Everything from the glasses, which are really unusual, you know, yeah. kind of incredible vessels, just as impressive as the drink is, is inside them, to the decor. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the space, because... What an address you have. You're on the ground floor of Zahadid's incredible yes. opus building there in Business Bay. I drive past it every time I go spinning. I'm like, oh, I'd much rather be going in for a little meal rather than getting on the bike. Um, you've, got a, you've got a bit of a high bar there when it comes to design. I mean, it's an iconic building. Yep. Tell us about what's inside Salmon Guru when it comes to the decor, what you can expect when you walk through the door. 
Well, I, like you mentioned, I mean, it's, we care a lot about the design, and it's in a building that's all about designs. Ah, Hadid, the Opus in Business Bay, it's, it's, it's an iconic uh, uh, design uh, fixture. Inside Samoguru, uh, you would see you know, different features from the east and from the west. There's a lot of detail and, and elements that will, will, uh, you know, will take you to different experiences. We have uh, an amazing Instagrammable moment in terms of what we do, what we offer. There's the figurines, the walls, the pictures. Neon, loads of neon. Uh, the, 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 the neon that we have, which is as well resembles uh, some of the iconic uh, brand uh, gestures and logos like the the the, the gurus uh, the cats so you see different uh, design features uh, from a different elements the the original store in spain was designed in three to four rooms uh, obviously with the space we have we couldn't uh, have that much uh, rooms so we've designed the, the different sections of the of the restaurants in a different uh, uh, background and cultures and um, the main feature is the bar, which is in the center of the uh, uh, the center of the uh, of the restaurant, and obviously the, uh, the 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 mix stations around it. So we we invite our guests always to be around the area, around the mixes, around the kitchen. So it's quite an open space, so people feel comfortable and and. Uh, uh, very cozy. Every little corner has a detail, has a, has a background. So uh, that's why everyone. Uh, yeah, that's why everyone keeps coming back. Um, Farah, tell. <laughs> we've only got a minute left, but I want to talk about food. You said earlier. Spoiler alert: Despite being called salmon guru, there's no salmon on the menu. So, what are some of the star dishes that are, people are really enjoying when they come in? Uh, we have an amazing sharing menu from cold to hot starters. Uh, my favorite uh, is our anchovies, which is served on on our crusted uh, bread. Uh, I love our bao, which is which is 36 hour braised beef short rib. Uh, it's served in a soft bun. It's it's amazing. I have our I love our main courses, which is the best one I prefer is my the the chipperiones, which is a low fired cooked. Bombarized in a, in a squid ink uh, infused with fish broth and slightly fried babies baby squid uh, in a, in a sous vide leeks. Uh, so our dessert oh, is also incredible. Goodness. We have we have a chocoholic plate which is a bomb of chocolate, amazing uh, uh, chocolate brownie ganache with white chocolate, dark chocolate, and chocolate mousse. It's it's uh, it's amazing for chocolate lovers as well. Oh, Farah, it sounds like for a date night or a mate night, this is one to add to the wish list. Thank you so much for your time today. We'll let you get back to Thank the kitchen, back to the bar. Um, and if you want Thank to check out more, really appreciate it, Farah. You can check out Salmon Guru Dubai. They're on Instagram and it looks absolutely spectacular. <laughs> Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.